He's Jonathan. He's Timothy. And this is Project 1517. Scripture, theology, life. Jude is at his most perplexing here. What is he thinking? What is he doing? Why would he quote from First Enoch? He wants us to see in our hearts and our very imaginations our Lord Jesus coming. He is coming to judge and to save. This is one powerful word from Jude, so powerful that it's unforgettable. We will see Jesus coming with his thousands. Jonathan, one more uh, word from God, uh, one more text that Jude is going to use, and then one more final commentary that he's got. This time, and we're going to have to talk about this more, he's going to base his his um, judgment of these false teachers with the book of First Enoch, like specifically. And he's even going to quote from First Enoch. And then he's going to, again, he's going to have his commentary on it in verse 16, where he's going to say these people. Again, so we're kind of tracking that uh, structure that Jude has for us. So I, I think the best thing that we can do is read it. And then we're going to start getting into um, the encouragement and the issues associated with it. So here's what... Um, Jude's last little bit here in the body of the letter. He says, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about them. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them of all the ungodly acts they have committed in their, in their ungodliness and of all the defiant words ungodly sinners have spoken against him. And now here's his commentary. These people are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. It's his last little uh, uh, thought against these false teachers. Well, Art, so this is really fun. I, now what he says isn't fun, but... What's fun is, you know, we've just had so many cool things from the Old Testament. So many cool things. You know, we've seen Balaam and Cain and Korah and uh, the, the Exodus, Sodom and Gomorrah, the body of Moses. All over the place, you have all these people who are dealing with bodies, right? And so you have this big theme of all these Old Testament figures who are dealing with bodies. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes Enoch. And, you know, everybody knows Enoch. How can you not know Enoch? You read Genesis, and you read Enoch, and you read what it says about Enoch, right? He walked with God, and then he was no more. 
And how can you not remember this? See, like, he never died. Yeah, like he's still. <laughs> he never died. So his died. body. Apparently, he knows a thing or two about bodies, you know, <laughs> because his yeah. didn't die. His didn't die. He goes, he goes straight to be with God in in eternity. And so Enoch, Enoch is just this incredible figure in the Bible. He's one of two figures that their bodies get assumed to uh, to be with God without dying, right? So Enoch yeah. is just this huge, and Jude seems to know that. He doesn't seem to know it. He does know it <laughs> because he says he's the seventh from Adam. All right, so, okay, a little bit of math, right? Let's just do a little bit of math because Jude's doing a little bit of math. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Well, who cares, right? But seven in the Bible is an incredibly significant number. Big uh, time seven number, in the, yeah. Huge, huge number in the Bible. Uh, it would have had... And that's why it's brought up here. He's the seventh from Adam. So he's the seventh man. And um, he's, okay, seventh. I'll let you go. I've been yakking a while. <laughs> well, right. He's he's the seventh from Adam. And it's interesting if you juxtapose the seventh from Adam with the seventh from Cain. The seventh from Cain is Lamech, who wants to, un, he wants to outdo, you know, the sin of Cain. And, and Lamech, kind of goes down as this incredible murder. The first gang gangster rap in the Bible. Yeah, right? it's like the, the first, first mobster. I'm going to kill a lot of people. Yeah. So you have this, this is absolutely um, on purpose, the, the number seven, and in all of its leading, all of its leading, one is the road to perdition. The other one is to Christ. I mean that's yeah. We got to come back to that idea. We got to right. come back so to that idea. Enoch and and he's going to be he's seventh in Genesis. He's also seventh in the Gospel of Luke. So right, we can come back to that. But he, here, it, Jude is citing it because he wants to say this is an authoritative word, and it and he finds this authoritative word. We assume, we assume, uh, from. A pseudepigraphal book called First Enoch, which we've talked about a little bit with the with um, uh, with regard to Jude uh, verse six. But here, well, and here we should mention that. Yeah, it, it's now it says Enoch prophesied. What's interesting about what the way Jude writes here is he doesn't say it is written. It does not. In other words, Jude is not treating First Enoch as in an errant, canonical uh, part of the Bible. What he is saying is that at a certain point in time, Enoch said something completely authoritative, and this is what it is. And it's like a true saying of Enoch. And, um, you know, if, if you compare first Enoch with what Jude has here, Jude actually changes... Enoch's quote in like a really significant way. He adds the word see and the Lord. So it says, see, the Lord is coming. So he makes first what he changes first Enoch and it makes it incredibly Christocentric. The Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones. 
Well, this is this is, now. See, this is amazing to me. Can I just be in awe about this for a second? We did this already, but I want to do this again. What Jude has done is he's taken what this is what we're just unpacking this a little bit, and this we're reconstructing what Jude is doing to a certain degree. And so there's some assumptions we're going to make. But if we make the assumption that Jude is quoting here a written text from first uh, from one Enoch or first Enoch. He changed it, and he changed it about his half-brother. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is amazing. This is amazing. So Jude... And is Enoch saying, is talking about Jesus then. He's talking about Jesus. Enoch is Enoch's talking about Jesus. Before See, the flood. Jesus is coming. <laughs> yeah. So this guy now... Uh, oh, man, there's so many things we could say. But some of the things we can say about... The resurrection of Jesus Christ was apparently so real and so historical that it brought about the faith of of Jude, who was an unbeliever before. Jude the half-brother. It's just amazing to think about that. So Jude is saying that about his own brother. See, the Lord, this time about Jesus, is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones. Wow. <laughs> that is, okay, that's a lot of power. That's a lot of authority. That's the last day. That's the, as we say in, in, in the Apostles' Creed, he's coming to judge the living and the dead. Wow. You know, and, uh, you know, Enoch saying this pre-flood, right? That's, that's amazing just to consider, too. Like, he, he's coming to judge. And here's Noah, who... Most likely, I, he knows Enoch, and, and, and they're both righteous preachers of the word. And, and they're talking together, and they're saying, this is coming, and nobody believed him. Nobody believed him. And then they get wiped off the face of the earth in the flood. And, and all of that is just prefiguring a couple of things. One, that, that God is a God who saves through water, and, and through baptism. But another thing is that the day of the Lord is coming when there will be a judgment. You can believe it or not believe it, but it's coming. Timothy, it has to. It has to. There has to be. God is holy, and he's right, and he's just. He has to come, to. and I'm going to use Jude's words here, to judge everyone and to convict all of them. Now, this is really interesting, the language here. Um, you have ungodly three times. You have, there's another triad. So Jude's making, so you're like the anti-God, ungodly. Um, so you have, you're, he's going to convict them. The court's going to adjourn. All right, there's judging language. There's conviction language. Court's going to adjourn. Everybody's going to get handed. These people are going to get handed conviction notices. All right, all of them. Of all the again, all inclusive language, right? God is going to be just with everybody. All of them, of all the ungodly acts they have committed, there's the first ungodly, in their ungodliness, um, and of all the defiant words. Un, now, this is where it ramps up a little bit. Ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Um, and so, again, we're dealing with false teachers here, we're dealing with people who. They're, they're not just doing 
bad stuff, but they're actually promoting with their mouths, this is false teaching, right? The ungodly things that they are doing, they themselves are doing. And Jesus is going to come and he's going to deal with that. He's, he's coming. To come and judge the living and the dead. We, we believe that. We confess that every single week in church. And, and Jude is, he's wanting to lay that on our hearts through the prophet Enoch and also through um, his servant, Jude. Jesus is coming. Don't you think it's worth thinking about? For I want to take this to heart for myself. Don't, don't you think it's worth picturing that? I think it is because the scriptures are picturing it for us. Well, they say, see, uh, like he wants you to put your imagination you to, have to work. Your mind's eye, uh, Jesus coming back on the clouds, and he wants us to picture angels everywhere, thousands upon thousands of his holy ones. And he wants us to get a sense of the drama and the authority of this thing. Because if we do, uh, we are going to make sure that these people aren't our leaders. <laughs> yeah. When they when these people speak their words against Jesus, uh, we don't want to be a part of that. Against his law. Yeah. And that's his application here, right? That's his application. These people are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. These are the kind of people that they are. These are the kind of people you don't want to be caught dead with, quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> when, Jesus, when Jesus comes again. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, you know, that we all grumble sometimes. Um. But it does show to you that there isn't a spirit of brokenheartedness over sin in you. When 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 the grumbling comes out, like ah, oh, you know, fault finders are always picking at you, and these are the attitudes and the actions of a false teacher. They're not getting it. It's they're not. They boast about themselves. Look at how good others. Yeah, they flatter people and tell others how good they are. For their but they own do advantage. it for themselves. So they're yeah. they're they're manipulating people into doing what they want. I kind of feel like I, I just kind of feel like taking a deep breath and just saying, "Wow." We we said at the, we said at the at the beginning of this podcast, we said Jude's going to bring it in, in in a way that's that's very intense, and he has. <laughs> We just finished the body of the letter. Four different texts, four different commentaries on those texts. Some of them from the Old Testament, some one from the Assumption of Moses, one from First Enoch. But he really, really brought it. Is your heart heavy? Yeah. Yeah. I want I want everybody to be saved. I want I want to be saved. I want everybody to be saved. I, I want to be so does God. In the, so does God, and I want I want everybody to be in the line of Enoch. And you know, it 
if you're listening to this podcast, you've come through this with us and you're like me, you're convicted. There's probably some fear in you. You think about this eternal stuff that's here that's so heavy and that's so important for These all of us. These stakes are high, aren't they? Wow. Our eternities are on the line here. Um, and we get this chance to listen to, to Enoch, the seventh from Adam, uh, prophesy to us about Jesus. Um, heavy, heavy stuff. There's only one thing that I would encourage all of our listeners to have, and it should be heavy on our hearts. Absolutely, Jude would have it be that way. The only thing that should be heavier is the heaviest weight of all, and that's Jesus, our Lord himself, because he's in the line of Enoch, and he is the ultimate prophet of our God. Yes. He's, he's, he's our, not only our pro- the, the chief prophet, but he's the chief king, and he is our priest. And we know that the truth of the gospel is that on Jesus' account, we have been set free through faith in him of every single one of our convictions. Every single one of our convictions. That on the basis of his life and his death, uh, we are going to be judged innocent of all of our crimes through faith in him. And what Jude's trying to get us to do is cling to faith in him. Just cling to faith in him. He doesn't want us holding on to our works, right? Chasing our sin, chasing our good things or our bad things, but holding to Christ, to his word, to his authority, to his life and his death. And through faith in him, we'll be safe when he comes again. I just want to consider this with you just thinking about Jesus and and Enoch I mean first of all in Luke's gospel he's got the genealogy of Jesus and seventh in line in the genealogy of Jesus the one whom the spirit descended on is Enoch it's Enoch yeah and you know this kind of just struck me while you're talking about Jesus is um I wanted to just check this, but in, in the Gospel of Matthew, you have another genealogy. And if I'm, if I'm remembering right, what we have is 14 generations then. That's right. Um, like this is Matthew 1, 17. And I'm thinking about this number 72. Thus, there are 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. Whether, whether there's a connection with seventh from Adam or not, it makes me think Jesus is twice as good as Enoch <laughs> with that 14. Like, Enoch was righteous, right? And he walked with God. But he saved no one. He Jesus, was saved. He, he was, was saved. saved. Jesus yeah. walked with God. And then he died for all sin. He was so not that, bodily assumed to heaven. So that we would never die. I mean, if you want to, we're, 
we're talking about numbers and math. I mean, twice as good, three times as good. I don't know. Better. Well, Best. well, you know, think. Let's put it. Let's put it like this. You know, I just said Jesus wasn't assumed to heaven bodily. He wasn't right away. What happened was he died for sin first. He was acquitted at his resurrection of, you know, it was our justification that that brought him back to life, right? We're told that in Romans chapter 4, verse 25. Um, and then the Lord lifts him up. You know, the Lord lifts him up to heaven at his ascension. So in that way, uh, Enoch's so much lesser than him, but um, Enoch foreshadows him in a way, right? So, like, I think we can go back to seeing Jesus coming, see the Lord is coming. And there are those who will see Jesus coming and just think, oh, my God. I stood Literally, with those false that. teachers, and there's Jesus. And they'll stand in their shame and in their guilt and their unbelief, judged. But for us who have seen and, and been washed clean in Jesus' name, we will see Jesus coming with his thousands upon thousands, and we will say, oh my God, he's finally come. I've been waiting for this day my whole life. Wow. So we'll not only be at that time justified of our sin, but released from any remnants of sin left in us, from our struggles. We all have struggles with how to use our body. We all have passions that we, in us that we know are wrong. And we struggle against that, and it hurts, and it's painful, and sometimes we fall. But our Lord will come back, and he'll release us from all that, and he'll give us brand new bodies, and we just wait with so much hope now. I think we got to go out on that. Just yeah. seeing the Lord coming with his thousands upon thousands. We are podcasting scripture one book of the Bible at a time. For more information, visit www.project1517.com or our Facebook page. We do invite you to support this ministry by sharing this podcast with family and friends and by giving us a good review on iTunes. You can also help with the costs of its production by giving a gift on our website. This is Project 1517. Scripture. Theology. Life. Life.